when you are doing things and they are only just to support your own ego and yourself, they may happen, but they will never have longevity. Like they won't sustain. They will only last for a short period of time. My advice is to always lead a life being genuine and authentic and true to the greater purpose of your life. Welcome to the Freedom Slay podcast, where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and other passionate peeps come to fast track their success. If you're trying to make boss moves, hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss out on any of the goods. Because every week you're going to hear the behind the scenes real tea from people making ginormous leaps to grow their business. And as a result, you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your own business goals. If you want to create a life of time and financial freedom, all while doing the things that you absolutely love, you're in the right place. Because we chat making impact and bank ground here. My name is Ganette Jones, your host and freedom slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. At just 27 years old, today's guest is an award-winning actor, producer, singer, and television personality. Listen, Kaylin Allen has done all the things. He's a hilarious digital creator and TV personality who knows a thing or two about creating content that people really want to see. And while you likely know him from his viral videos on YouTube and Instagram, these days he's been heavy in his television bag. So Ellen DeGeneres discovered Kalen through a viral YouTube video he created featuring commentary on culinary concoctions found on the internet. And for the next four years after that, he held a regular guest spot on the Ellen DeGeneres show, often taking his infectious personality to high-profile events like the Billboard Music Awards and the MTV Music Awards as Ellen's correspondent. He also starred in and produced his own weekly digital series, O.M. Kalen, and his talents have grabbed the attention of everybody, including Food Network, where he's appeared as a judge on their Discovery Plus baking competition series, Cake-A-Likes, as well as Supermarket Stakeout, and as a host on the season finale of Buddy vs. Dove. And to this day, he continues to play an integral role in the Food Network family. And he's even starring in a Christmas movie coming out this year on Netflix. So in this episode, we're diving into his journey, where he's going, the important lessons he's learned along the way, and even dealing with the internets, because we know that the internets can be a lot. So let's dive right in. Hey, hey, Kaylin. Super excited to chat with you today. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. I was surprised when you sent a message back on Instagram, to be honest. I'm like, oh, I love you. And I'm sure those that are listening also love you because you're a lovable individual. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I've already, of course, given an intro in the episode about who you are and what it is that you do. But in your own words, can you just let us know a bit about the moments that shaped Kaylin into the Kaylin we know and love? Mm, okay. Well, I think most people probably know me from my time at the Ellen DeGeneres show. So I always say that I'm a TV personality slash digital creator. I think I probably live more in the TV personality because even though I make digital content, I don't really curate content specifically for digital, if that makes sense. I think I live more in the TV world than I do in the digital space. I think I use my digital platforms as more just like my personal outlet. And when I come up with certain ideas, but I'm not solely focused on that. But also, if you don't know me from the Ellen DeGeneres show, then you probably know them before TikTok even existed. I did food reaction videos and that's how I ended up at the Ellen DeGeneres show. So that's how we started. And then we've done many things since then, but that's how we got here. A whole lot of things. And I mean, you do all the things, right? 
And my friends always laugh when I say all the things, but like all the things you act, you sing, and I've seen you do them well. So there are people who do things, but they don't really do them. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you act, you sing, you produce. I watched your, um, what was it called? Christmas sake or yes, something. For you Christmas had, like sake. a vi- video that had, it was like a clip of Terrell in there as well. I saw that. And, you know, I've watched all your things. How are you doing it all? And you're in school, like on top of that. Congrats on your first day back. I saw that on your story as yes. well. Thank you. You know, I think for me, it's just how I know how to operate. It's who I've been ever since I was a kid. You know, when I was a kid, I was doing musicals. I was doing plays. I was president of the NAACP Youth Council in my community. Like I was on student boards. Like I was doing all those things. It's just how I just naturally function. I was in dance classes. I was in voice lessons, like all those things. And so I think I'm really just doing what I know how to do. So like everybody Mm -hmm. looks at it and they're like, I don't know how you do it all. Or, wow, that's a lot. Are you sure you won't get burnt out? And I'm like, I'm just doing what I know how to do. I'm just being me. I'm just doing me. This is how I operate. No, I get it. Because people will ask me the same question, but I had to know, right? Uh But like you, you host red carpets, you do cooking, like cooking shows. We know that, right? Which out of all of these things then, would you say brings you the most joy? Or is there one particular thing? I think the thing that brings me the most joy is anything that is in front of an audience. And that's probably Mm. the theater kid in me is just that I'm so used to having an audience and that's where I feed energy from, you know, and that's what like powers me through things. So I would have to say definitely anything with an audience I am game for. I remember when I hosted the Ellen DeGeneres show and I was just up there and I was just like, this feels completely right. Like this feels like I'm doing what I want to do for the rest of my life. Now, I will say, as we talk about like all these different jobs that I do, I do know for myself that at some point in my life, I do want to find one good job. You know, (laughs) I want to find one job that helps me pay my bills and gives me stability. And that's all I got to do. You know, I'm trying to disappear like Oprah. (laughs) Don't we all want to disappear like Oprah in that beautiful, what's that? The amphitheater with her and um, Adele when they were sitting down, her and everybody, really. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And I mean, this is totally unrelated, but talking about being in front of people, I see your stories, I see your posts, and I mean, your fashion, the fashion. <laughs> like, he can't, he, it's no way he's dressing like this every day. Do you, like, do you walk out your house looking like that every single day? Can I you? do. I do. And you know what's so funny about that is that's another one of the things that just like, that's just who I am. I was the same in college. I was in the same in high school. I got dressed every it. day. You never saw me in sweats. If you saw me in sweats, I was either sick or having a bad day, but I was always dressed every single day. And I think it's more so, it's a power thing for me, for myself. I think when I am dressed up, I feel like I am presenting my best self. Like that is my best self. You know what I mean? And it Mm -hmm. makes me feel confident. It makes me feel strong. And so that's just the way that I like to express myself. Now I need to know what your suitcase looks like then, because I packed the other day, just running to LA. My daughter is getting into acting and modeling and stuff. So I went to LA and my suitcase was so heavy. And I mean, I wasn't dressing like you. I did have a couple sweatpants in there, but I did have some cute things, but mostly, you know, dressed on things. I was stuck. How, how are you packing? You must have more than one suitcase. Well, I think I have mastered the art of packing now. So, <laughs> yeah, so like I just got back from L.A. last night and I just had a carry on. I just have known how to, especially if I need to like get dressed up. I know how to think. Fi- what like, size shoes do you wear? I wear an 11. 
But I How? usually will only pack one pair of shoes, but all the outfits will coordinate with that one pair of shoes. Got you. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So got you. I'm working smarter, not harder. <laughs> got you. That makes sense. And what about school then? Because I saw you have Juilliard as well as NYU in your bio. I'm like, okay, are you doing both? Are you doing your master's as well as journalism? Like, like, or is the master's in journalism? How does that look? So NYU is, I'm getting my master's in journalism. So that's a full degree program. Juilliard is actually a part, and this is something that they just recently started. It's called the Juilliard Extension Program. And basically what it is, is that it's for people that have busy lives and busy schedules, but still want to further their education in the arts and work on their craft. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for them to go to Juilliard and take classes at Juilliard without having to do a full degree program. You know, and so you still have to apply. You still have to send in a resume. Still have to send in an essay and all that. And then they'll accept you. And then that's the way that it works. Okay, that makes sense. Jeez, that's a lot, but it's okay if you like. If you're fine with it, if it's making you happy and you could do it, and that's the way you live, I love it. Like yesterday, I was on set. I was filming an episode of Supermarket Stakeout, and Mm -hmm. I immediately went straight from set to the hotel and got enjoying class. Like. Immediately after. And it it works. I just make the schedule work. That is the pros of one being single and all you got is two dogs to take care of. And two, those dogs are a handful, though. I've seen them. They are. They are. They (laughs) can wear you out. They can wear you out. But also, just like the fact that I'm a CEO, that I run my own company, I get to say yes, I get to say no to what I want to do, I get to control my schedule. And so, with that being my freedom, it is easier for me to do many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because this podcast does attract, it is for those who are either currently entrepreneurs or they're entrepreneurs, right? Mm. Either side hustling or just dreaming about it. So I think that's going to be helpful for them to realize that it doesn't always look the same, right? Where you are mm-hmm. now, you may be able to have more control of your schedule tomorrow, depending on the actions you take. Right. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And you're correct. Like your career path, overall has been just been dope, right? You do all the things like I mentioned earlier, but it's also non-traditional. Has there ever been a problem like with your mom or any of your family members to come to terms with what it is that you're doing? Oh, no. Career-wise? Uh, okay, good. I think because my entire life I've been an entertainer. You know, I So they expected like, it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think that's also why I was able to reach the point that I had because I was never forced to have a plan B. You know, and I think when you have people around you that believe in you and always tell you that you're going to be great, you start to believe that yourself. You know what I mean? And so when you have that foundation of support, the world is your oyster. And I mean, of course, there were times where people doubted me or people had opinions or would say what I didn't or didn't do. But I always use underestimation as my motivation. So it was just like, I just stayed focused on what I wanted for my life. And I'm also not a person that you can't tell me who to be and you can't tell me what to be. So it's kind of like, because I have that strong sense of self and have always had that strong sense of self, everybody just knew that I was going to do what I wanted to do. It's funny. I feel like we're the same person. That's absolutely (laughs) like right down to it. I'm thinking if someone asked me this question, I'd probably say, listen, even if they did, it wouldn't change where I'm going. You know? Exactly. So, right. So no, but it's good that you had that support. And it is a really important piece that a lot of us look over when we're moving forward. Like I've also had the support. I work full time doing what I do, but it's something that we need to take into account and just the blessing of it all to have people on our side. That's like, okay, I see that's what you want to do. It's not what people normally do, but go for it. You know, Right. right. I love that. 
And a lot of your early success, as you mentioned earlier, came from YouTube. So when you filmed those first videos, those first few reactions to, I think it was cornbread and it was something else like this cornbread meal, like were you doing it just for fun or did you have a hunch that they were going to take off? No, it was an accident. I have a theory in my life that I am divinely guided. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, that a lot of the things that have happened in my life, including like NYU and Juilliard, have been either full circle moments or have been something that has been like almost like a calling to me to where something has pushed me in this direction or directed me to this. And I think I am very good at just following those instincts because the mm-hmm. very first video was the cornbread video and it showed up to me as a sponsored ad. And something in my spirit just told me at that time to make a video about it. I don't know why. I don't know why that happened. I don't know what it was that was talking. Well, you know why now. (laughs) Right. I know why now. But and so then I I put the phone up, press record. And the very first video went viral. And so then once that happened, I was like, well, I guess I got to do more of these. So I made more of these. And that was in November 2017. And then I was already taping my first episode of Ellen in December of 2017. And then I moved to L.A. in January of 2018. So this was only in three months time that my entire life changed. I love that because it also shares the lesson that things don't have to take a whole lot of time. And of course you had the background to the uh, personality that attracted the audience Uh to you, right? So you did the work before that, but it was that first video that went viral. It doesn't have to take a million videos for you to do it. I love, love, love that. And the fact that you're moving on your instincts, how much would you say, do you still move on instincts today? Oh, I absolutely do. Listen, there people talk to me and I am an impulse person. I think anytime I have a feeling that I want to do something, I just do it. I don't ask any questions. There is no hesitation. I just go for it because I can, because I, I mm-hmm. have the ability, the freedom, the resources to be able to do so. Now, there are times that I I do stuff and then I'll look back at it and I'll be like, dang, I shouldn't have done that. Or not necessarily <laughs> Not necessarily because it wasn't good or I didn't feel like it helped me. I think sometimes things can be a little bit more emotionally taxing, you know, certain projects, like for Mm. Christmas sake, for instance, like because it was a movie. It was also an album. And then afterwards, it was good, though. I still listen to your album. Oh, thank you. You know, so funny is that now I'm doing another Christmas album. But the difference is, is that now I'm doing a full album. And at at first, Mm -hmm. when I was very, this is the thing about the instincts. Sometimes because I act on instincts, I feel like I need to get them done in a certain amount of time. So originally the Christmas album, the one that I'm working on now was going to only be like a couple songs, just like the first one. And I was just going to release it this past Christmas. And then something told me was like, you should make a full album this time, do a full project. Mm -hmm. So I postponed it. I stopped the presses. I stopped. I already got the album cover shot and everything. And I was just like, let's write six more songs. Let's make a full project. So I think what I'm trying to do now is being more thorough with the instincts. So just not listening Mm. to the instinct, acting on it, and then everything else that comes uh, after it, not putting any care in it. So actually following through through every stage of that instinct to make sure that I am doing the best I can with that opportunity. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm excited to know who the features are too, when that happens, because the features were pretty dope on this last one. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a live show this time for this one. Is that going to be in New York? Do I need to get yep. my tickets now? Yeah. Come on to New York, baby. <laughs> 
Oh, that's exciting. I hope you can have, oh, okay. I'm not going to even make any assumptions. I just like, it's, I feel like it's going to be like, you're going to have something on there. I think this one should have had some songs on there that hit like that. I love Mariah Carey too, uh-huh. right? So her Christmas uh-huh. album, I have yours, hers, and like Stevie. I don't know if you know Stevie Mackey. I have the three. That's my yes, friend's yes, brother. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. My friend Kim's brother. And I have those three on rotation Christmas time. Like my daughter's tired of them. But I love that. You know, I wanted to get there, like with Mariah. Like I yeah. wanted to be there. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so thank like, you. We gonna work on it. We gonna work on it. I have faith that that's gonna happen. And now I want to dive into the other side that people don't often talk about. And you joke about it sometimes on your stories, Mm -hmm. but that's the other side of fame. You know, the expectations, the entitlement from people who are looking from the sidelines and the pressure that may come along with that. Right. I do recall you doing some stories and um, somebody mentioned something about humble. I just know a bit, a little piece of it was humble. And that was the funniest thing to me because every now and then you still say, oh, this is not humble or this is my humble look. And it's just that little thing if you were there you know you know so Uh, like let's get into that like how did that pop up how does it feel having that microscope on your moves you know this is what it is and it's like i understand i understand sometimes when people are talking about like the whole stay humble thing right but when i think about humility i base humility off of how people treat people as in like, no matter how famous you are, how much money you are, how you're treating the waiter or the waitress or the person that you're mm-hmm. just walking down the street. That's what right? really matters. Yeah, exactly. When no, to me, that's when no one's looking. Yeah, exactly. But I think sometimes we start like, for instance, like they'll be like, oh, look at this billionaire not wearing designer clothes, but they have on a white T-shirt. And it's like, but that don't change them from being a billionaire just because it's not flashy. You know what I mean? And, and, al- I think, and also that billion dollar T-shirt is often a name brand that they just don't it see is the, that, the right, logo. You know? yeah, you're absolutely right about that, because there are many times that I go in many stores that, for instance, like you can go to Burberry and buy a white tea and that white tea going to cost you like three hundred dollars. Like it's Absolutely. insane. You know what I mean? But I think this is really my issue with humility is because, for instance, when we see white people that have money, right, we just automatically assume white people got money. You just automatically assume that no matter what, you know, no matter what they got on, what they do. Right. And white people can have private jets. They can do all these things. They can do all these rich and fancy things. And you never tell them to be humble or you never tell them to make themselves small or you never judge them because you already expect them to be that. You know what I mean? I like you church choir. Right. You know, or like you board a plane, right? You don't ask a white person as they're boarding and be like, are you sure you're in first class? You know what I mean? Because it's already expected. I've had that, that. yeah. You know, it's already expected for them to be there. And so my issue with the idea of humble is that it feels almost like a microaggression. It's like you're Mm -hmm. telling me, don't succeed too much. Don't get away from us. Don't work your tail off to uh, be able to afford certain luxuries and then celebrate yourself. Then, you know, cash in on those things. Don't do Mm -hmm. that. Because you need to stay in your place. You need to stay in the tax bracket that you're supposed to be in. You know what I mean? And I'm telling you, I hear the church choir right now, like saying, amen, Kaylin. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, I'm like, and I think that's also why I'm very strict about certain luxuries in life. Because I'm like, no, because if my white counterparts can have it, I can have it too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I remember it's a Jay-Z verse that says, they call you strange and say you've changed, like you've worked this hard to remain the same. You know, like mm-hmm. you're not working to stay at the same level. Things right. are going to change around you. Your circle will mm-hmm. change the things you're wearing, what you're mm-hmm. doing, who you're interacting with and how you're interacting. So mm-hmm. 
totally, totally get that. I love how you articulated that because yeah, there are people that don't get questioned about some of the things that we do. So appreciate that for sure. And has it changed though, the way you interact with social media then, because you now know people are just like watching your every move. Yeah. I think I'm more aware of it. I try to be more aware of it because I think sometimes I do get kind of jaded in my own world that I have to be mindful of like my different reality at times, you know, and I also have to realize that my pages aren't necessarily my own personal page, that there is responsibility Mm. in that. And there are people that are watching me from all over the world, you know, and I have to take that responsibility seriously and make sure that what I'm putting out in the world is, is responsible and and doesn't offend anybody, doesn't it make anybody feel small or less than. And I think that's why my angle is always trying to motivate people to believe that they can chase their dreams and accomplish their dreams and and it can change overnight as well. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a nepotism baby, you know? I grew up in Kansas City and it's just like, I just happen to be at the right place at the right time, you know? And if it can happen for me, it can happen for anybody. Mm-hmm. With the right skill set too. Like, because what you have is special, right? It's really amazing what you've been able to do in what, 27 years. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you, darling. Uh, that trip looked exciting. <laughs> Do you ever like stop to take it all in? Or I know for me sometimes, and I know I should, but sometimes I'm like, okay, move on to the next goal. Oh yeah, that was fun. That was great. Next one. You know, which one would you say you do? I've gotten better at that. I think when I was living in LA, not so much because I was just, you know, trying to make it in LA and LA feel when you live in LA or if you've ever been in LA, it always feels like you, you're close, but not close enough, if you know what I mean. Mm. And so mm-hmm. I think for me, Now that I've moved to New York and it's just a different life out here, it's a more grounded life. I feel more stable here emotionally, you know, and everything is that I have found the ability to be able to stop and enjoy the fruit. Uh, My model Mm -hmm. for this year is work can wait because I think I'm so used to always just working all the time is that now I'm like, okay, I need to find another vacation. Let me find some time to just relax and just chill out. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I have, I've repositioned my brain. I mean, even as far as like, even reminding myself to like make myself dinner or spend time with the dogs or like lay on the couch and binge watch the crown. You know what I mean? So I found different ways. I've just gotten into that. I just started Mm -hmm. it too. I'm kind of late, but man, that's juicy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm obsessed. (laughs) Absolutely obsessed. My husband and I watch it and we just, we get right into it. Oh my God. (laughs) I love it. So no, but I'm glad you said that. And that just tells you the the big difference your surroundings can have on you, right? In LA, it had a certain feeling for you where you're like, you've got to constantly keep up in order to keep up. Whereas Mm -hmm. New York, like you said, you have that grounding and it may be different for other people, but I mean, LA... LA has a vibe that people can associate sometimes with um, just not being genuine. You know, when you're there, you feel like you're constantly keeping up. It's constant events. You don't get that chance to really stop and reflect because everyone else around you is looking and trying to keep up themselves. So I totally get that. And I also know like you're a Disney fan, like you want to do Hercules. And I also know you want to have your own daytime talk show. So like, I guess the question is if both of these opportunities came to your doorstep today, you had an email from your manager, two emails, one to tell you Disney's ready to Kaylin, we need you now. And the other one to say this talk show, you know, this one's canceled. We need this one. We want the Kaylin Allen show. And they're both paying the same thing. Which one are you taking like right now? I'll and take which the talk one would show. wait? 
I'll tell yeah. you the talk show. And the reason you turned on Disney. Oh my well, god. Well, because I feel like <laughs> Disney could come around again. You know what mm. I mean? But the talk show, not necessarily. And so I would definitely take the talk show, especially because right now, with me being fresh out of Ellen Steele and then also doing a podcast with Ricky Lake, I feel as though now I have such a clear vision of what I would want that to be and what I would want that to look like that I feel like that would be the best choice for me. Okay. And how did that come about anyway? It's called Raised by Ricky Lake, correct? Correct. Yes. Raised by Ricky. Yeah. So it came about because I went to brunch with a friend of mine, DeRay McKesson, who is also an activist, but he also is an executive producer on the podcast. And so I went to brunch with him and he was like, Ricky Lake's doing this podcast and they need a young, like comedic voice to do the podcast with. And I thought maybe you should do it. And he was like, let me connect you with the people. And I happened to be in LA like that next week. And so I did a pilot episode with Ricky and then Ricky fell in love with me. And then that was how I was <laughs> born. But it is literally so much fun. I was in LA. I was at Ricky's house the other day. I love Ricky Lake. She is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And it's a fun time. We have a great time. Mm-hmm. It looks like it. I've seen just clips, of course, but it looks like you have a really good time. And that's important to produce great content, right? Enjoying right. what you're doing and who you're doing it with. So right. that's cool. And how often are you recording that? We do it in batches. So we recorded some episodes last week. But when we first started, because I think maybe this week will be our 22nd episode to come out. Already? Yeah. Yeah. We have done a lot of episodes, but we basically do them in batches. So we'll take like two weeks to record every single day. And is she in New York as well? No, she's in Malibu. So we do it on Zoom. Okay. So we do, yeah, we do it on Zoom and we bring people on, we record and then we send out all in and then they edit it. Okay. So you're not flying to Malibu every week. So that's no. good. <laughs> and, okay. So what's the future for Kayla and Alan looking like? I know your world's likely full of NDAs and like, you know, contracts and things you can't talk about right now. But what about anything you can talk about? Anything coming up that you'd like to share and want people to know about other than, you know, you're performing for your Christmas album. That's exciting. Well, yeah, I think really the main focus right now is the Christmas album. And, you know, so many things come up. I do a lot of like appearances. I've been doing some stuff with Kroger right now. And then I do a lot of traveling and doing uh, live shows and stuff like that. But I think for me, I think I have entered into a stage of that. I am realizing that in Hollywood, it's just that I just got to do it myself if that makes sense. So I think right now my focus is on developing and producing my own content. I'm working on revamping my YouTube channel because, you know, the food videos, especially with the rise of TikTok and now everybody doing food reaction videos, I want to find a way to take that idea and find a new fresh way of introducing it. So I'm working on revamping my YouTube so that I give it a new voice so that it doesn't feel just like everything else that we see on a normal day-to-day basis. I'm so glad you said that. I was going to ask about your YouTube videos because I did see you stop doing them like how you were doing them before. And I just recently, I'm always watching business videos on YouTube because I'm boring like that. But one of the things I did see is that this talk show style on YouTube is actually picking up where actual producers are coming in and they're getting people to record on their channels. And those are getting more views than the late night shows. So as an example, I forget one of the D'Amelios, those TikTokers, um, I think it was the 
one of the sisters, but he has a new talk show on there and he's getting more views than like one of Jay Leno, like one of the really big late night shows. Right. Uh And like four times as many. So they're just really talking about how things are shifting online. And even a lot of those videos, when you're looking at them, they do even the Alan DeGeneres show, a lot of it came onto YouTube, right. Make the short Uh clips and you put them onto YouTube. So I'm glad you are coming back on there as well. That might be your ticket into unless you already have the talk show and you can't tell me about it, but that might be the ticket to get it. It's okay. You know, you don't have to I think me. it's I think it's more so it's like the market is always changing, people are always changing, and you have to always be able to adapt and grow and also be and not be afraid to show new innovative ways of digesting content. You know what I mean? And I think for me as an individual that is always about authenticity and being unique is that I don't want to be a carbon copy of somebody else. You know what I mean? Because I think when I really realized it one time, I said, I think I did a food video and I uploaded it to TikTok. Somebody was like, oh, he's just copying off of so-and-so. It was like a TikTok. And I was like, okay, see, now. Excuse me, I was here first and I just happened to bring it here. I was like, see, now I see that the playing field has changed. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so it's like, and I have always been a bigger fan of long form content. So I was Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, we need to adjust. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's such an important lesson because sometimes we can get stuck in our ways and think Mm -hmm. that, you know, what we're doing is what, and it works. So why break it if it has, or what is it? Why fix it if it hasn't broken? But sometimes when you're just witnessing what's happening around you, you get to make those shifts and changes without it being huge. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. And what does your team look like? Because mm-hmm. I know you can't be doing all of this by yourself. And I know you have your manager and agent. Like what else do you, or who else do you have around you? What does your team look like around you? Well, yeah. So since the beginning, I've always had agents. I have a full team of agents. I originally was at ICM and then ICM was bought by CAA. And then I decided to go to WME. So now I'm at William Morris Endeavor now. And so that's, agents and that's a team of like seven people then there are there's my management team and that's three arts and that's a team of one then i go to persona pr that's my publicist and that's a team of like four people then there's my attorney then there's my business manager and i think that may be the complete scope of everybody but it is a pretty big team of everybody working towards the greater vision and do you have anyone doing your social or is that you oh no that's all me Jeez, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great. You're doing a great job. Man, that's a lot of stuff, though. Um, Interesting. So you have your team of agents. And what's the difference then for someone listening who's saying, okay, well, you have your talent manager. Why do you need a business manager? Are they helping you out with things like taxes? Like, what is their specific job? Yeah. So business manager works on money. They Mm -hmm. handle all the money all the income, all the taxes, they handle all that. So basically think of it as like an accountant. You know what I mean? And then as far as the manager, so the manager kind of operates more on the day-to-day basis. Sometimes there's a little bit crossover with what the agents do, but they are more my day-to-day. They are more of, of making sure that like travel is booked for stuff, that I'm getting my per diem, that Everything is taken care of. We have all the logistics. The writers have been sent, all that. They kind of take care of that. 
And then every now and then they may book me for stuff or get inquiries or friends. If somebody emails me for an inquiry, then they will go ahead and schedule it. I think you maybe worked with my manager assistant, Heather, I think. And she mm-hmm. did the scheduling. So like when emails come out, I'll be like, okay, great. Heather, can you schedule this? Can you put this on the counter? Blah, 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 blah. And then I also have my own personal assistant, but that's more for the intricacies of my daily life as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's the agents and the agents really work more as a catalyst to find new opportunities. If people are developing shows to give me meetings with casting directors to give me auditions, to get me into the room for stuff, to pitch me for things and stuff like that and to find new exciting opportunities. That's basically what the agents do. That's so helpful. And that was a very selfish selfish question because we just, like I said, we came back from LA and my daughter got 15 callbacks for agent. It was agents, some managers, as well as one casting director. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I need to figure out, obviously I've done my research, but I'm like, which one's important now? Do we need both? How do they work together? Okay. So that was super helpful. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's team works differently, you know, depending mm-hmm. on, on what you do. Being an actor is a little bit different. Me being a, a kind of like a hybrid of like a little bit of everything is mm. very, very different. You know, you know what I mean? Especially when it comes to like brand deals. So like at my agency, like there's my theatrical agent, then there's like my non-scripted agent. And then there is, there's my brand agents. You know what I mean? So like there's all you these different- You are a of- whole production and I love it. I love it, it. What we're not going to skip over, though, is you say they got my riders ready. I need to know because I plan to have riders sometime soon, right? Uh-huh. So <laughs> what do we have on there? Are you asking for chocolate M&Ms, just the brown ones? Like, are you doing a little Mariah? Like, what does it look like? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because actually I remember the first time I was asked for a rider. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? I'll just take what's in there. But normally on my rider is a Celsius. Just in case, like, if, if my energy gets low, a Celsius for me to drink, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I knew yeah. that was coming. <laughs> Coca-Cola is definitely on the list. Vitamin water. And then, like, sunflower kernels. Like, and that's literally it. It's literally just snacks. Or random. Yeah, sunflower kernels and then Kit Kats. And then that's it. That's usually, you that's have, all that's on the list. You don't have a brand deal with Coca-Cola yet? I should. Well, you know, I did a show called Snack on This for Cooking Channel and we went to the Coca-Cola factory. So, like, I have a good little relationship with them, but I do love a good Coca-Cola, y'all. Yeah, because I love all your little Target video. I'm not sure if you did it previously and then Target called you or you had the deal before they called you, but Which that one? was awesome. And you went into your car and you're like, you were talking about what's in Target that's making you yeah, buy that was That was before the brand deal came. I thought so. Because mm-hmm. after that, I saw a Target partner. I'm like, yeah. yes, Kaylin, get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So after I did that video, I was like, oh, maybe we could grow this and make this a thing. So let's reach out to Target to see if there's any opportunity there. Yeah, but yeah. Love that. Love it. And I mean, I have a feeling Coca-Cola will call soon because they need to, for sure. I'm ready. And isn't vitamin water Coca-Cola as well? It is. It is. Look at you. You're already prepped and ready. I know, right? (laughs) Okay. One more, maybe a couple more. But one question I want to know is when the clock strikes 12, Mm -hmm. 12 midnight, January 1st, 2024, like what are you hoping to have accomplished in the previous 365? Before last year, when I moved to New York, I left LA because I felt as though I could envision what I wanted my life to look like. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I need to go and make that the reality. And so I packed up all my stuff and then I moved over here. And I do feel like I have created an environment in a space that makes me happy in my home. So I, I I've love done that. that. 
And so I think now for this year, my focus is on working on my social life. It's, it's pouring into friends that pour into me. It is making sure that I'm surrounding myself with people that have the same drive and ambition and 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 goals for themselves as I do have for myself, you know? And so I, I'm hoping that when I get to next year, I have really created a stable environment around me that feels good for me. So now everything else is just falling into place naturally. Mm, That's such a great way to look at it too. Like really taking a step back and seeing, okay, well, I've got this career side done. What else do I need to pull to make my life feel complete? Right. Okay. Let me work on these relationships. Let me move my location to where a place where I feel better. So I love that you're looking at it holistically, I guess would be the better term for it. That's great. And do you have any advice then for anyone who's listening who may be trying to make it in the entertainment industry, whether that is on, you know, film or, you know, maybe it is as a content creator or TV, like whatever it is, theater. Do you have any advice for them based on your experience? My advice is that I know that it's easy, especially with how much social media we take in on a daily basis to see people live certain lives. But you also got to realize, especially when you look at like the L.A. creators, a lot of people are curating lives, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So just because it may look a certain way on a reel or a TikTok, that does not mean that that's the actual reality of their lives. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I always tell people is to focus on the work. Make sure the work itself is solid and good. And trust your journey and trust alignment and trust that when the time comes for whatever you want in life to come, it will come at the right moment. It will come when you are fully ready. And you have to just acknowledge that everything that you are doing now to get to that point is all preparing you for that blessing. So you don't sit in a place being like, I feel like I should have it now. It should be mine. Well, they got it. Why I don't have it. Just know that they got it because it was time for them to have it. And then when it's your time for you to have it, you'll get it too. Listen, I listen, I feel that one, right? I am, while I don't watch what other people have, I'm actually really happy when I see other people getting things, right? One thing for me as a Virgo, I'm a Virgo sun, rising. I'm a big, like I am quintessential Virgo. And I'm like, I want it yesterday when I'm doing something. I'm like, okay, I've been working. I've been doing this. I'm planting the seeds. I want to see it grow. Right. And I, people around me would be like, oh my God, you're in Wegmans already. Your products in Wegmans, you just launched a year ago. And I'm like, I want it in Target. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I need yeah. a move. Mm-hmm. So I get that. And I appreciate you mentioning it like that. It's going to come and it's going to come when it's supposed to and not a moment yeah. sooner because the lessons you learn along the way really do help make when it does come so much better for you. Well, I think there's nothing wrong with knowing that you want more or seeing it. But I think it's when it gets tainted, if that makes it like the mm. energy for it is wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Like see it and be like, you know, for instance, it's like me. It's like, I'm going to have a talk show one day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's yeah. just like, I'm not looking at other people that's getting talk shows or I'm not in the space of being like, I feel like I should have a talk show now. I did Ellen. I'm doing Ricky Lake. I already proved him. The energy around it. It's the Mm -hmm. energy around it. So I think that's what's important. You can always want more. You can always have bigger dreams. It's the energy that you put behind it that will make the difference. Mm -hmm. And see, I like, I think of it a little different. Like if I, let's say I wanted a talk show. If I start seeing my friends popping up with talk show, to me, that's confirmation that it's on its way to me. I'm Uh like, okay, I see it in my immediate vicinity. It's coming. Like it's actually a piece of your brain. It's the, I think it's the reticular activating system or something, but it's a piece of your brain that brings to your attention 
things that are for your attention, right? There's hundreds and thousands of pieces of information going past you each and every second. But when you get focused on something, that means that it's coming your way. So I celebrate it. I love seeing people doing things that are just changing the world because I know that's where I want to do what I want to do, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, love that. Love that for you. (laughs) Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely love that. What's the best lesson you've received to date? Oh, wow. That's a good question. We went there quick, didn't we? <laughs> I know. I was like, Ooh, best lesson. I think the best lesson I've learned. So I learned a lot of lessons just by watching other people. And I think it's when you are doing things and they are only just to support your own ego and yourself, they may happen, but they will never have longevity. You know, mm. like they won't sustain. They will only last for a short period of time. And so everything that I do is not for my own personal gain. Everything that I do is for the purpose of representation and visibility and just defying the odds and breaking glass ceilings to make room for other people to be able to accomplish their dreams. And I think that's just the way you have to do it. I've been to a lot of stuff for a lot of people and I'd be like, they just did this for them. They just wanted their moment and they sacrificed what the potential of the project or how good it could be or the art of it. They sacrificed or the relationships that. with people that were helping them up until that exactly. point. Too. Exactly. Because yeah. they, they are always chasing the next best thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so my advice is to always lead a life being genuine and authentic and true to the greater purpose of your life. A whole word. So there's one final question I love to ask at the end of every single Freedom Slave podcast. And that is, what does freedom mean to you, Kaylin? Freedom to me means to be able to wake up every morning and have the choice in the world around you to provide the choice to live the life that you want to live mm-hmm. by any means, regardless of what anybody thinks. And that means like, Freedom from the opinions of others because society, yeah, because society is always going to be what society is. We are always going to have our issue. Racism is always going to exist. Homophobia is always going to exist. It's the freedom to not allow those parameters that the world has built up against you to control the way that you operate on a day to day basis, but to instead say that you are going to act against it and do what you want to do because that's your birthright. Dude, when's the book coming? Because that's a whole word. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't write it. A whole word. Listen, and you had so many tweetables in that last piece alone. Oh my God, I love that. Thank you so much for hopping on, Kaylin. I appreciate you. Of course, thank you. Uh, isn't Kaylin just a joy? If you've listened through to the end, I'm going to imagine at this point that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you take a screenshot and tag us over on Instagram. I'm of course at Gaynette, that's G-A-Y-N-E-T-E, and Kaylin is at the Kaylin Allen. That's the Kaylin, K-A-L-E-N, Allen, A-L-L-E-N. So one L and Kaylin, two L's and Allen. And that's his Instagram handle. So take us both over on there and we will chat next time. Bye-bye. Okay, okay. I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.